and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Carrier Company in Frisco, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. I'm your announcer, PopInU.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Karen Ironwood of Lucky Mojo in Forestville, California, and Contraband will be at the Contraband.com in Mission Viejo, California. By a special from the Association of Independent Readers and Group. Selvira from Elvira.com uh, in Santa Rosa, California, bringing today's topic on safe travel. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and uh, remediate your questions of love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and described for the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at form.luckymojo.com and built into the show, that you'll be on the air and repetition. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's get up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Tanjimau Lee. Miss Cat? Hi, Papa Newt. I uh, hope things are fine and well with you in the great state of Nebraska. They are just hot outside, but uh, we're having a wonderful uh, festival activity here, which is the Santa Lucia uh, Festival uh, in the Little Italy area of, um, of Omaha. And they've been doing this festival since 1920, I'm going to say. They do this parade session like today with bringing out St. Lucie, and, and, and it was just a beautiful experience to observe. Wow, that's very cool. That's yeah. right up your alley. Because uh, yeah, those of you who don't know Papa Newt, our announcer, he's working on a book on Catholic folk magic. I hope that goes into your book. Yeah, I'm just looking to speak with some more people, so I'm setting that up. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it would be an interesting section of the book, um, Processional Rites in Folk Catholicism. Because these these local processional rites are not known all around the world. Some towns have this, some towns have that. And um, just a little log of some of the best ones would be a wonderful thing. People can, can kind of get their ideas up about processional rites, just like we were talking earlier about um, personal Catholic grottos, you know, the Midwest grotto experience or whatever environment. Um, these processionals are and uh, associated with different nationalities and different foods are a, a wonderful part of Catholic folk magic. It should never be uh, pushed to one side. Uh, thanks for mentioning that. I had no idea that. Um, and this is Saint Saint Lucy, the one with the eyeballs on the plate. That is correct. Ah, I I love that. When I was a kid. Um, there was a song that we used to sing, a little patty cake song, and it started, Miss Lucy had a steamboat, the steamboat had a bell, Miss Lucy went to heaven, the steamboat went to hello, operator, and just kept on going. You never said a dirty word, right? And uh, and we, we were in the catacombs in Rome when I was a child, and there was a statue there of Miss Lucy, St. Lucy, and she had her eyeballs on a plate, and um, I started singing, St. Lucy had some eyeballs. She put them on a plate. <laughs> she 
she served them up for dinner, but I just want to wait a minute, Mister. And it just went on. I had my own lyrics anyway. So, um, yeah, Saint Lucy had some eyeballs. She laid them on a plate. Well, I was an irreverent child. So, very nice to talk to you. What's happening here in Lucky Mojo Land? Um, it's a hot day. We have a number of people in the shop. We are still basking in the glory of the Santa Rosa Press Democrat article about us that appeared last Sunday. People are coming from all over, people we've never seen before, local and basically all of Sonoma County, people just showing up in family groups and in, in singles, in pairs, in love couples, the shop was so full yesterday, we almost couldn't get it work done. I mean, it was there was like 25 people just standing in the aisles at one time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so we're very grateful to the Santa Rosa Press Democrat for that lovely article. If you haven't seen it, I think it's still current in Google News feed, or you could just look up Santa Rosa Press Democrat Lucky Mojo, and you'll see the article. There's some nice photos. I posted a link to it on my personal Facebook page, and I think there was a link at the Lucky Mojo Facebook page as well. It's a good article, but it really shows that the power of newspapers has not faded away. I haven't had a turnout like this from the public uh, since the last time there was a newspaper article about us. And that's been a number of years. So we're very grateful, and we're very happy. And my gosh, we were just making products and handing them to people, labeling candles, and, um, you know, as fast as we could label them, they were buying them off the shelf. It was quite the thing. Today we've got a nice work crew. We've got um, Angela Marie Horner. We've got Bailey. We've got uh, Nikki Wilson, Leslie. Um, Max is there. Ah, Max is there. So Max is um, Leslie's daughter, um, as is Bailey, by the way. But Max is a young uh, girl, and she has worked for us before during her summer vacations and seasonal breaks from school. And this is her first day back for this season, and we're so happy to have her. Wonderful person. And Margie is there, and I may have. Oh, and Holly is there. So they're not going to miss me if I'm here on the radio. Well, they'll do fine. I hope. <laughs> so, um, well, let me say hello to my wonderful co-host, Conjurman Ali. How are things in your world, other than probably warmer than here? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you are right. It is warmer. Uh, we were quite really fortunate that all of May was so pleasant down here. Very mild weather. Uh, and even the beginning of June was more June gloom than anything. But it has started to to warm up the past couple of days, and I think we may be in for a really, really warm uh, June, which I'm not entirely looking forward to, to be honest with you. So I've I've stayed uh, indoors today, and I've just been cleaning. Um, the semester or quarter has ended, and so I have piles of books, textbooks, research books, books on the occult, books on history, all over the place. And I'm like, all right, it's time to put these back onto the shelf. So today's been a bit of a dusting, cleaning, and putting things back onto shelves rather than letting them live in these kind of haphazard piles around my apartment. Um, so that's what, I, what I've been up to. Uh, nothing too exciting, but mostly winding down for the end of the semester and trying to avoid the heat. Well, it's always nice to to hear that your weather is more extreme than ours. 
we had a, a very strange occurrence, speaking of weather. Last night, um, uh, Don Roach and Holly and Nagashiva and I went out to uh, catch some dim sum at our favorite dim sum restaurant in Santa Rosa, and there was this weird cloud blocking the sky, and it was a long, thin, trailing cloud of brownness, very high in the sky. And it just exactly was like the width of the sun plus just a little bit of um, edge, you know, so it just completely covered the sun. And um, we were like, what is that? Is it smog from the Bay Area? Is it smoke? We couldn't figure it out. Woke up this morning to find out it is a plume of smoke coming from someplace called the Salt Fire, very far to our south. It it was hit the bay and then it just got funneled up the bay, you know, and up the up the little valleys that go up to where we are, and it just appeared as this weird trailing piece of smoke in the sky. So, for all of those who were out at dinner with me last night, and wondered what was that thing. That's what it was. It was evil smoke. Um, so we hope there aren't going to be a lot more fires again this year, but that was the wake-up call for fire season is upon us. All right. Mm. It was yeah. in Yolo County near um, just at the edge of Lake County. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, very, very, very strange. Very strange little plume. Well, um, today we're going to talk about safe travel. And um, we're going to be talking with Miss Elvira, whose voice you just heard kibitzing there. <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome to welcome to the show, Miss Elvira. It's a wonderful joy to have you here. Welcome. I always like to kibitz. I may not have I have that energy. Like, no, no, no. You need to know what it was, really, because I got a bunch of of notifications. So, if I certainly apologize if I stepped on you know, out of line of, of timing, but it was a unimportant notification for us here. Yeah, yeah. It was creepy. It <laughs> did was you see that thing in the sky? Yeah. Yes, it I did, creepy. actually. And it was what had happened is when I came from working at Milk and Honey, it was literally this whole, it had just started to come up like a, a chalice out of the, um, what would be, I guess I would call it the east and it just did that, and then obviously the way the currents are, they finally narrowed it. But it was, it was pretty intense. Yeah, it was very strange. Well, Elvira, we're going to talk about safe travel. So I'm going to just do a, a quick little introduction. I'm going to turn this over to you, and then Ollie and I can kibitz on you. There so, you go. Uh, yeah, right. It's all fair. It's all fair. So okay. safe travel is. Um, a kind of spell work that not every culture engages in. After all, if you stay at home, you don't need safe travel spells. But with increasing um, urbanization, the safe travel spells of those who do travel have been taught and incorporated into the cultures of those who did not. And I'm going to speak specifically here of the one culture I know that has the most safe travel spells, and that is Jewish folk magic. Because Jews, not being allowed to live in any one place, had more safe travel spells, just like Mm -hmm. the way that that um, Swedes have more spells, have how to ensorcel and destroy a rifle's aim. <laughs> you don't find a lot of those in every other mm-hmm. culture. Every culture produces the magic that fits their culture. So safe travel spells are so common in Jewish folk magic, it's, it's almost like laughable because we all have heard of the wandering Jew. 
um, which means basically the expelled Jew. But in Hoodoo, we're looking at the folklore of a group of people who were primarily enslaved and thus entailed to property and were not free to travel or move. But when they did travel or move, they were in danger, just as Jews were. And so some of the safe travel spells that we see in Hoodoo come from Jewish folk magic. Not all of them, but there is a little current, a little thread there of Jewish folk magic. You know, if you ask somebody, what's a safe travel spell, a Jewish person will give you six of them, right? And there are also folk magical safe travel spells that come out of um, Native American culture, African culture that have been retained in African American culture. But more than many other forms of spell work, in hoodoo, safe travel spells are a bit of a grab bag because they draw a little from here and a little from there. And so they may use um, a sigil or seal. They may use a talisman. They may use a root. They may use a leaf. And of those roots, the most common is comfrey root, which is not a Native American plant. It's a European plant. So why comfrey? And I'm just going to talk about that before I turn it over to Elvira. Why comfrey? Comfrey is an unusual plant. It has roots that never get hard. They always stay flexible, no matter how thick they are. They're kind of not exactly rubbery, but bendable. And they are moist all the way through, quite moist. And they are uh, they contain um, healing principles. You can crush up comfrey roots and put them on wounds, and the wounds will heal much faster. And this is scientifically provable. But comfrey also, because of its continual moistness and its own healing properties, it's unlike other roots. In other roots, if you want to plant a section of root, you have to have a bud, a joint, an eye bud. Um, a rhizome has little you know, breakout points on it, like on an iris, or a potato has eyes. You have to have an eye on the potato to make the potato root grow. Comfrey's not like that. You just look, it looks completely faceless. It's just whatever it is. You put it in the dirt. If it gets enough moisture, it'll make, on its own, while sitting there completely dormant, it'll make that little bud and out of nothing. It's like a stem cell kind of thing. I, I, I don't know the scientific mechanism of it, but it is unique to comfrey. It's so unusual that everyone who's ever grown it goes, that's weird, you know, because you have no belief that this thing is going to grow, but if you just leave it there in moist soil, it'll suddenly reform itself internally, create a bud, and then burst, and then make a plant. And it sometimes will take all winter to do that. So comfrey is used for safe travel because no matter where you throw it or cast it by the side of the road, it will grow. No matter what environment you put it in, barring a desert, it does like to have a little rain in the winter. But if you throw it down on the ground, you don't even need to bury it. It'll just make a plant from the root. So comfrey root, not comfrey leaf, but comfrey root is used for safe travel because of the biological properties of that root. So having said that, I'm going to turn this over to Elvira and see what she has to say about safe travel. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, it's interesting uh, because I chose this particular topic because I will be traveling and in another month. And with the way things are in our present world, travel, especially plane travel and you know, things like that are a little bit different than when I grew up and used to go up and down from San Francisco back to L.A. and up and down again. Um, so there are different beings, celestial beings you can call on, and, and I kind of 
enjoy the idea that you can take from different cultures like we were talking about. The, the most uh, consistent one, obviously, is Archangel Raphael, who is the patron and protector of travelers, and requesting him to accompany you uh, and summon him by the, the, the emblem of the fish uh, is something that you can do. Again, petitioning, prayer, uh, you know, I don't come with a tradition that has the psalms in it, but I come with the tradition of uh, creating the poem, the spell, the petition, and verbalizing it in that manner, sometimes toning it. But uh, you also have Odin from the Nordic uh, traditions, and he likes mead, so you petition him with mead and maybe a poem. And the Greeks, we have Hermes, and he's basically, you know, trickster, but also he works with travelers and... Uh, one of the things you can do is if you get lost, you kind of stop, you kind of, you know, close your, your hearing down to just inside and ask for a guidance. And the first words that come will be his, his uh, direction to go in. And I have usually done this and had pretty good results. I mean, obviously, when you get kind of panicky because you're lost, it doesn't, you really have to calm down. Um, and Ganesha. And, you know, petitioning Ganesha is fun because you get to do peanuts and golden raisins and candy. So Mm -hmm. um, I usually start with that when I, you know, when I'm starting to work about safe travel, whether it's for a client or for myself. And then working, as you say, comfrey is a very standard uh, herb to use with regards to safe travel. And I, you know, when I was looking at, you know, all the different spells and things that you have out there, uh, you can utilize that and rosemary and um, I think you can do plantain. Uh, the Hawaiians do the Thai plant because, of course, in Hawaii... That's oh, that will there. also root readily. Thai plant will root readily. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And that was something I... And, you know, because I worked with a kahuna, I didn't necessarily have all the different traditional sections but um, that was part of what we would do with the, what they call the navigational kahuna work. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And, um, you know, things to keep your, your baggage safe, you know, things to keep um, from accidents. One of the things I really love is the, um, the braided uh, sweetgrass. You take uh, mm-hmm. braided sweetgrass and you put it in your car. Obviously, one of the things I found is if you – put little charms on it you know you, you kind of you know thread and needle so a, you know protective eye on it or a fish or something like that and put it you know I actually have a back window section but not every car does but you can put it somewhere in your car that will be uh, keep it from from accidents the one I fell in love with when I was just perusing was the idea of getting and this we'd have to really consider questionable now that we are in a strange time is a knife and you you get um beads and ribbon and you wrap the the the, the uh, beaded ribbon around the hilt and then you do a whole ceremony of sanctifying that knife and using you know candles and and that kind of a thing to to bring it then and put it in your glove box or put it in part of the car but as i say this is a time where we are, you know, in questionable issues, so I tend to, <laughs> how do I want to put this? I tend to be concerned 
if you were carrying a weapon that was then hidden because so a ceremonial blade that is you know like without a point or real thing would be something more practical in terms of yeah that. yeah it may not be so safe in these modern days i understand yeah. that mm. and you know that's the other part where i'm like oh, i you know i really kind of get concerned but um the one i found interesting was powdered kelp you know, to put mm. uh, a little bag of powdered kelp in a green bag and put it in your glove, glove box to keep from accidents and auto safety. Hmm. So, I mean, obviously we had St. Christopher. I mean, that is one of the, the more traditional um, ones in the saints. Uh, oh, yes. I, I And to St. Christopher, who is an exclusively Catholic saint because the mm-hmm. the name means Christ Carrier, um, I would also add Archangel Raphael, um, who's in Jewish uh, uh, tradition, is the archangel who helps a little boy make a long journey to a strange town and then mm-hmm. come home safely with mm-hmm. his dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, But you know, there are so many different ways. A lot of the things about accidents and, and keeping, keeping uh, areas safe when you travel, um, and it's, it's interesting, we had a mountain lion that came down um, through the creek area in our, in Santa Rosa area, and it wound up at all places, they were, sh- he was obviously going to go shop in Macy's, and he was, he was <laughs> there in the morning, and they, they had to cordon off the area and eventually get him out, but um, mountain lions are considered in the native tradition, they are a animal of protection for travel. So if you have a picture or, you know, get a little, the Indians make fetishes um, and mm-hmm. carry that, that is also a charm to be able to hmm. carry for safe travel. Boy, I'm telling you, um, our good friend, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, was um, hiking up where he lives up in Washington State and was attacked by a mountain lion. Oh, dear. Um, and, yeah, it made it made the news. He had... Big giant mountain lawn lion scratches all down it. I mean, the thing jumped him and was going to kind of eat him, I guess. Um, he fought it off and um, and won, and um, and now he takes the mountain lion or cougar as his uh, totem animal. Oh wow! So, yeah. And something I found out that was really interesting is, you know, because. I mean, there are a lot of us that have traveled on water, whether it was long distances or not. But if you have a a, um, a journey you're going to take and the, and the waters are appearing uh, choppy, you take a. Mm-hmm. And this, I saw this. I, I thought about um, deck of spells. Is that you take a pack of playing cards and you toss it into the water. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Calm the sea. Yeah, I was. I thought that was kind of an interesting point of reference. Mm-hmm. In in medieval tradition there are the idea of calming the there's there's a lot of spells for calming the sea. Um you found it in, in the folk tradition of the cunning folk, you found it in the Mediterranean. Um but generally not spells also went really really well for tying up the seas and storms. So if you were to travel it was not uncommon to seek out a cunning man or a cunning woman um, and ask them for for a charm of protection, and they would knot a ser- or like a rope or a string of sorts or thread. They would knot several of them to tie up the wind, the storm, etc. And then you would carry that, you know, 
for protection. Whether you're traveling mm-hmm. seas, you could easily do something similar for when you're flying. Um, and you can also um, use it the other way around where you unknot it in order to bring on winds if you mm-hmm. need uh, a little bit of uh, help there. And people did use it that way. The way I do kind of safe travel magic, if you will, I kind of divide it up into, into kind of different ways. I, li- I like in my head to see how this all mapped out. So, for example, one way of dividing it is ground travel versus air slash sea. A lot of the old workings were related to the sea, but they can be easily adapted for air travel. Um, but I do differentiate between the two because I think they relate uh, they bring about two kind of different problems. So, for example, and you find this in particular in Jewish folk magic as well. Jewish folk magic divides up the type of travel. Ground travel involves protection from robbers, from thieves, highwaymen, etc. Whereas sea travel generally will kind of much more long distance travel, and then you could tie this to air travel, is always about protecting from accidents, which is mm-hmm. why the common kind of psalm formula is 17 and 18 you receive you recite psalm 17 and psalm 18 and for example in psalm 17 verse 5 hold up my goings in thy path that my footsteps slip not right that is protection Mm -hmm. from accidents whereas in, Mm -hmm. in psalm 18 verse 17 he delivered me from my strong enemy from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Those are thieves, robbers, enemies, etc. So a very old-timey spell was to actually take both of these psalms, write them out, place them in a small uh, leather packet or pouch, and wear it around your neck. And that would keep you safe whether you went walking or whether you were traveling by air slash sea. That's wonderful. That's really good information Um, to the distinguishment between the two. Mm -hmm. um, I I find that um, in addition to Comfrey Route, which is really about making friends along the way, and uh, which is another part of the equation of Mm -hmm. foot travel, right? Um, there's also mint, which is a protection. And I, oh, and yeah. Mint is used to protect generally. Um, feverfew is used for uh, protection against accidents um, mm-hmm. and is also a good one, um, it, you know, as far as having car accidents and things like that. Yeah. Many, I many always people put will, fern with feverfew. Oh, and fern is another. Yeah, fern for burglars and robbers. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and uh, another thing that is very common in the ancient Mediterranean and still exists to a certain extent among the historically aware and minded is the painting of eyes on mm-hmm. vessels. Um, we can laugh and say, "Oh yeah, they painted a, you know they paint faces on their bombers in World War II," but this actually goes back to a much earlier thing in which all boats would have a pair of eyes on them, so that the boat would yeah. look out for itself. Um, and um, those are that's a very important thing to do with your car. People name their cars. My car is Bessie, or my car is Beth, or mm-hmm. my car is Johnny, or my car is Old Faithful, or whatever they're going to call it. Um, they name that car because they're trying to invoke a spiritual uh, connection with that car um, and then have the car also in its own way look out for itself. 
Mm-hmm. And when the car can look out for itself, where the boat has eyes on it, um, a friend of mine once pointed out to me that there's no reason that cars are designed now to look like grinning faces with big googly eyes, but many cars, <laughs> when you look at them face on, they have different kinds of facial features. They might be scowling or frowning. They might mm-hmm. be a little smiley eyes. They maybe have little teeth on their grills. These are the faces of our cars, and it's very similar to painting faces on our boats or on uh, airplanes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Ian, just to give you a plug, my dear, on the Art of Making Mojos, there on page 68 and 69 are many spells safe travel and mm-hmm. in that kind of area whether it's for lovers or you know otherwise yeah well you know that's true there are many mojos that can be carried for safe travel and yeah. um for again and what Ollie said was really right the idea of um distinguishing between do you want to be safe from robbery or assault including another one mm-hmm. which we have not mentioned yet which is law keep away I many was just people, about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> many people, when they, or do you want to be safe in the sense of not being stranded or not having an accident? Yep. But let's go to, do you want to be safe from robbers? To Do you want to be safe from the police? Many yeah. people, when they travel, attract the attention of the aggressive policing forces. And, mm-hmm. and this can be because of your skin color. It can be because of the color or shape of your hair. It can be because of your texture or shape, color of your clothing. There are many um, things that will flag you as non-normative. You might have just read in the newspaper just um, a couple of days ago, two um, uh, women were on a bus together in London and were beset by five hooligans because they were perceived as lesbians and were beaten up. They did not have safe travel. So it can be who you travel with. It can be what you look like. Um, I myself had a gun pulled on me by a cop in liberal Kansas because I fit the description, namely I was a runaway hippie girl. I I don't know what he said. He said I looked like a bank robber, and he wasn't, you know, but he had me down on the ground with a gun pulled on me. So, you know, it is what it is out there. And, And our black friends have even more of this going on because skin color is more identifiable yeah, yeah. with distance than hairstyle or clothing style. So these types of, of assaults by the aggressive militarized police need to be protected, and law keep away is not only the friend of those who are engaged in illegal attacks, or illegal actions, rather, that might be attacked, but are also engaged in completely legal things and simply need the law to stay away. Just stay away. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, one of the um, whether you desire, whether you, I mean, no matter who you are, you're going to have to face someone like TSA if you're air traveling. And mm-hmm. in particular, you know, there's racial profiling with them. There's a variety of different kind of harassment tactics that they do. But there are certain forms of travel where it brings even more attention, right, because the attention is, mm-hmm. is part and parcel of that type of travel. So one of the ways that I uh, – one of the other ways that I approach is in addition to kind of dividing up the kind of uh, methods of travel is uh, my method of working. So I tell people that whenever you do uh, safe travel, you want to approach it in two ways, walls up 
and then clear away, which what I mean is you create some type of protection or barrier for yourself and your object. So, for example, I take fern, feverview, and bay, and I burn them uh, on uh, some charcoal. I use the smoke, and I waft it onto all of my luggage. I generally don't put oils on my luggage just to be safe. You never know what type of chemical they freak out about. Or So I just kind of waft it onto the, my luggage, and then um, I take a small little leather pouch that I put Psalm 17 and 18 in and put that in with my items. I then take a penny, an Indian cent penny, and I anoint it with a law keep away. Keep that in my pocket for TSA. I actually put it in my wallet, toss that wallet right into the uh, their little uh, machine, and I usually am able to get through without any real scrutiny on that. That's the kind of walls up. But then before the day before I travel, I will always light a orange candle with uh, road opening work and offer some incense up, uh, may, say, reciting the Psalm uh, 17 and 18, but then followed up by Psalm 23, just to clear away any obstacles. And so that approach of first putting up barriers and then clearing out obstacles works really well for me and my clients. It both brings protection, but it also opens up roads because you're not just dealing with man-made troubles. You're also dealing with things like bureaucratic bullshit, lost tickets, mismatched mm-hmm. seats, you know, lights not working, broken roads, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That That is a, a wonderful way to do, and I'm going to give you another one. I'm not trying to advertise my services above others because many people um, involved in air set candles for people. And But I have a service, and, um, and I, I believe Deacon Millet does too, probably Papa Newt does, probably Elvira does, whereby we set a candle for somebody when they go on a trip. Mm. And um, we can set a safe travel candle so it is burning for you. In other words, we're backing you up. You would um, put your little mojo together, put your little, um, you know, waft your incense on, say your prayer, whatever you're going to do, make your consecrated amulet. Um, But we would be um, lighting a candle service for you or some other church would light a candle service and if you're going to be gone on an extended trip you're going to ask for a continuous burn in other words when that one goes out just light another just light another just light another until the travel is done um also the person who stays at home can do that you can you don't have to use Mm -hmm. vigil candles you can use a little yellow candle anointed with safe travel oil but when the person has reached the turning point and comes back you can start return to me oil blended mm-hmm. with the safe travel. Okay. One um, old-timey working that I was told, this was by a man from South Carolina, um, and he's, this is a good way of ensuring that uh, you return home safely. This was often mm-hmm. done, he said, by uh, an older woman for their children when they went off to work or when they went off to some type of long-distance work. Oh, they've got to go to the city or they've got to travel up north. What they would say is that they, you keep a lodestone at home and you place on that lodestone for a week mm-hmm. before the travel a small grit. Then you put that grit, the lodestone grit, on the day of the travel itself into that person's wallet. So that mm-hmm. person will always be drawn back home and will always return 
safely home. You could just put a little bit of the lodestone grit in the wallet. You could put a little bit of the lodestone grit in the purse, whichever way, you know, you carry. It's not actually even put in a mojo bag or anything like that, just right into the wallet. And the idea mm-hmm. is that wherever they go, there will be a force that draws them safely back home. Yeah, so that's what we sometimes call a rider, a lodestone, yep. a little lodestone grit as a as a rider that is um, connected to and has lived with the big lodestone, um, and then give it to them to carry as a lucky piece. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to mention another talisman um, is a, uh, the Sacagawea coin. So oh, this yeah, is a yeah. woman, the woman who guided the Lewis and Clark expedition, um, and she led them all across the uh, the country. She brought them all safely home. They had no idea what they were doing or where they were going, uh, but I use the Sacagawea coin. Also, any coin that has a ship on it or a plane, and there are many such coins of different nations, um, but I happen to have a real fondness for her. Uh, when I was a kid, we called her Sacagawea. Now I think they call her Sacagawea, but, you know, whatever. You know who I'm talking I'm about. I'm sorry. Every Big. time I hear that, I think of the Robin Williams um, Night at Museum and, and all of that with his playing Teddy Roosevelt and Sacagawea where they actually had a little, you know, get-together. But, yes. I don't know what I, you're, I, sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, there's a movie, that a series of movies as, in, you know, um, Night of, the night at the uh, museum and the things come alive because of certain spells that are in a Egyptian thing. But uh, Robin Williams played the character Teddy Roosevelt, and there was a, a set of statues that were brought to life as well as Sacagawea. Uh, okay. Some, it, it, yeah. In other words, it's some literary concoction. She, it's a literary she lived a, concoction. Yeah, that, she lived. She place. lived a good hundred years before oh, Teddy Roosevelt. Before <laughs> anyway. Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. yeah, but it was a right. humorous. It's I just want to show though. respect to the real lady. The real lady. That's yeah. What I mean. um, all right. Well, there's our music. Why we gave you guys a lot of uh, instructive things. If you go back through the chat log, which will be posted at the end of the um, show's time. It will be at the Lucky Mojo Forum, and you will see uh, little pointers to all of these things with links carefully provided by Papa Newt. Um, And um, now it's time for Papa Newt to bring on our first client. The Lucky Mojo Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Catherine Ali, and this week's special guest, Miss Elvira, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at themojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Bob Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. It's time to go to the phones and take the first caller. And our first first caller is a first-time caller calling in from... Seven three in Illinois. This is Gianna. Oh. Gianna, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Welcome to the show, can and you thank you me? for entrusting us with our situation. Yes, we can. We can. And uh, see, I'm looking at your information. 
you've uh, you've got the website a long time. You've listened. We're hoping to be on, and here you are. <laughs> uh, but you have not yeah. had any readings with Miss Cat or Contramal Lee or any other readers and root workers on this particular situation. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Thank you. And you're right. I cast a two years ago, and it worked. But the results put me through months of pain, confusion, and unhappiness. Mm-hmm. I am looking to do a crown of success ritual with Lucky Mojo's spell kit, but I am so afraid that the same thing will happen that the sigil brought me. I have several reasons to believe time will be different, but I just want to prevent any repeated negativity. Thank you. Turn it back to you, Miss Cat. All right. Well, this is a very interesting question. I don't know what it means to cast a sigil to you because that's not a term I've ever heard anyone say. I'm going to explain why I don't know that term. A sigil, as far as I know, is a sign. Um, it's related to the word sign and signal. It, it's an image, often uh, radially symmetrical, but it can be bilaterally symmetrical or asymmetrical. It is um, it is a like used to mark a talisman or amulet. It can be related also to the word a seal, a sigil. So to cast to me means to throw. And to throw is a word used in spellcasting, but I don't know what you mean by I cast a sigil. So can you explain that? Sure. Um, so I read about sigils from like a few different sources on chaos magic. And mm. basically what you do is you write down the goal you want, you cross out the vowels, you form it into what the sigil just like mm-hmm. basically make it out of all the I letters. I know the kind you're talking. Yeah, this is Austin Osmond Spare type sigilizing. Uh, I'm oh. not familiar with that, but okay. Okay, well uh, he's the guy then, who he, he he's one of the guys who promoted that. Okay, I got that. So you cross out the vowels, and then you're going to make this thing. And then, but you okay. charge it like through sexual activity, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then it's yeah, yeah, this is all Austin Osmond. Like, yeah. It's supposed, it's supposed to come true in, like, they say three days, three weeks, or three months. And I totally mm, forgot I about it. And three weeks later, I swear it came true. But it was in the worst possible way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just had a terrible time with it and uh, a lot of confusion. And okay, now I understand. So now, All right. Okay, so So this sounds like a, uh, yeah, I I understand. So I'm going to try to answer your question here and and get you where we're going to try to do. So this is um, a a kind of a corruption of the work of Austin Osmond Spare. And and he was a a ceremonial magician in... uh, uh, the early 20th century, and he, what you're describing is basically his stuff. I mean, it's it's what it is. The addition of you have to wait three days, three weeks, or three months is not consistent with him and probably came from someone's Internet pseudo-hoodoo because what he said was, of course, he was a male, and he would ejaculate on these talismans, and then he would put them in a closed vessel and bury them, and you had to wait until the ejaculate had rotted, and then this thing would come through. But it was very male-oriented, and, of course, many women uh, don't have ejaculate to, to use in that context, or they could use some sort of sexual fluid. But that's what his was his system. And um, it, it was very popular among um, ceremonial magicians, and still is. So... I 
can't speak to why that worked the way it worked or what it did. I can only say that I know what you're describing now. Um, it is a form of chaos magic, and if you want to know why or how or went awry, you should probably talk to a teacher or mentor in chaos magic. And the reason I say chaos magic rather than a ceremonial magic is because the conflation of some pseudo-hudo um, uh, timing uh, concept with what seems to be classic Austin Osmond Spare um, methodology, which he invented, by the way, and created. I mean, it's his thing, uh, although he claims he's gotten it from a woman teacher. Uh, but in any case, it, it's not something that, that um, I can speak to with authority, nor I don't think any of us can, as to why spells sometimes go south. I also do not discount the possibility that it was a coincidence. On the other hand, I was taught that if something comes true but in a bad or wrong way, it's a message from divinity. But you see, chaos magic does not usually acknowledge divinity. So if I were to speak about, well, God said you don't get what you want exactly, a chaos magician would say, God, what God? Who's God? God? Because, yeah, God, you know. So there's a there's a kind of a, we're talking two different languages, right? Now, fast forward, you want to do a crown of success spell, and you want to know if that would be different. Well, crown of success spell is a sort of a modern form of urban type hoodoo. It's a generalized success spell. It's not from the old days of hoodoo when um, people uh, were, for instance, using more Africanized um, work and or were enslaved. And so personal success was often not within their ambition or purview because of the oppressive conditions under which they were living. So to have a spell for personal success must date more or less, from after the emancipation from slavery of African Americans. And in particular, dates from the urbanization of black culture, um, which began shortly after World War I. So it's a fairly modern spell of the last 100 years. And it, it speaks to a time when African American people could aspire to commercial, legal, social, financial, and political success. Those kinds of spells usually do not... Um, have any negativity associated with them because you're simply asking to be able to succeed. They are usually done in a Christian context because hoodoo is mostly Christian. And as it says in the Bible, if you ask your father for a fish, would he give you a stone? The God of Christian and Jewish religion is conceived of as a father, and the spell that would be done for the crown of success would generally be done in that context, even if you substituted deities and said, oh, I'm going to do this and ask, um, you know, the goddess Bridget to be my helper, you would usually appeal to a benevolent deity and you would not appeal to a negative deity. It is never a spell of demonic or um, devilish intent, nor is it a spell to have victory at the expense of others. Victory would, would involve someone losing and you winning. I can, you can't would involve you winning and someone failing. But crown of success simply is an achievement. So I don't see any reason that such a spell would ever produce negativity. That's my answer. I didn't have to cast any cards. I hope I acquainted with you with this. Let me turn this over to Elvira. Maybe she'll give you a reading on it, or maybe she'll speak from her experience. So thank you. Well, well thank you. Um, I did want to ask a couple of questions. What was it that you cast the sigil for? 
and what is it that you're looking to do the Crown of Success kit for? Uh, so when I cast the sigil, it was for a music career. And, you know, going into it, I just I was in a bad state of mind. I wasn't doing it under God, which I would be now. So this, with this Crown of Success one, though, like the second time around, I would be doing it just for, like, success on this project that I've been working on. I'm going to release it soon, and I just wanted to perform, you know, as best as it could. Okay. Hmm. All right. Okay. So I think I'll just, for the sake of that project and what you're looking for, I will kind of go ahead and, and do a card, a three-card pull, and uh, come up with what I have basically is um, Ace of Pentacles, Three of Cups, and Three of Pentacles. So my feeling with what you're doing is um, whatever you're going to do, do it for a three cycle, three days, three weeks, three months. And I would look at the um, the Three of Cups as it may even require that you have a couple of other people that the project needs other input. It isn't just the solo thing. It doesn't mean that you're giving over the power or the information to them, but it might require um, like a triad energy. Um, the Three of Pentacles obviously to me in sort of corroborates that where <laughs> there's a, a empowerment. You've, you've got the spell put together. You do it, and um, you bring forth this energy uh, in terms of that. And quite frankly, it looks like, you know, even though you have a sense um, – with the aid of swords of feeling, you know, kind of tied up from what happened before in terms of doing a spell or doing anything magical, is that I feel you've got a lot more now going for you of being mm -hmm. centered, and the Two of Pentacles shows me that there is movement and whatever funding you're looking to get, however flow of economics will um, take place. and then the strength card to me is definitely the Leo performing card, whatever it is, whether it's musical or uh, artistic. Uh, it presents you to the world, and you move forward in it. So I think it's the right spell to work, and I feel it will have the success um, that you're looking to start the momentum on your project out in the world with. Amazing. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to turn this over to Ali, and he's going to give you some specific root work. Now, we already know, Ali, that she wants mm -hmm. to cast a, a Lucky Mojo brand proprietary Crown of Success spell kit. And mm -hmm. that is certainly contains all the ingredients. But perhaps you can speak to some additional factors such yeah. as psalms or prayers that she might use. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, First and foremost, to, just to address your kind of anxiety here, um, any type of magic that we do will often manifest whatever's going on inside of us. Internal turmoil, fear, anxiety, negativity, worry, these are things that do bleed over into magical work. Um, and I think Kat and Miss Elvira can both attest to this, is that your state of mind plays a big role into whether magic succeeds or not, but also how things end up. 
Um, I don't come from the school of thought where I believe if you do some magical working for good, somehow something bad will happen to you. I've, that's not been my experience, and I've been doing this work professionally for years. Um, I don't get that. I don't come from that school of thought that 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 happens. Like, oh, I asked for love, but somehow ended up, you know, getting divorced. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. not um, that's not been my experience, right? Magic isn't a a sort of role playing game uh, with these kind of weird rules to it. It's really fundamentally about intention, about the will that you put out into the universe, and the universe responds to it. So it's very important that no matter I don't know what happened with your sigil working, but whatever it did, it shouldn't bleed over into what you are going to do now. So you need to start off by clearing out your plate mentally, emotionally, and spiritually so that you put yourself in the right place. The reality is this. You will get what you think you deserve, right? That's the intention you need to put out there. If you're out there you really don't think you deserve good, guess what? You're not going to get the good. So the intention has to be right. And this is why I think clearing the slate is, is important. Remove the negativity. Remove the doubt. And Which I mean, I'm not talking about like the negativity being directed at you. I'm talking about the negativity within you. Right, the thing, the fear within yourself, because you need to be in a state where you go, I deserve success, and I'll have the success. Because when you're in that state, the universe and God and spirit, etc., will respond to you. So what I want you to do is get some basil, some rue, some salt, and some bay. You're going to brew this into a tea. Take some hot water, uh, boil this up, uh, pray over it as it's bubbling. Let it sit for a little bit and add a couple drops of Florida water to this. Florida water is one of the great waters or colognes, perfumes that works really well for clearing the mind, uh, very well for cleansing work in general. I love working it for this. It's got a really great floral scent. So you add a couple drops to this kind of tea mixture that you've made, and you go step into the bathtub and wash yourself from head to toe. Head to toe, you're going to wash yourself, feeling the negativity that's kind of clinging to you like spider webs, wash completely off. You're going to uh, let yourself air dry, then gather a bit of the used bath water, take it to some form of running water like a river, throw it over your left shoulder, and walk away without looking back. Do this for seven days before you start your crown of success work, or you can do it for three days um, following the pattern that Miss Elvira picked up on, because I think it's very important to do what the readings indicate. So you're going to put you, the point is that you need to do this before you do your crown of success work. You'll feel something shift. You'll feel lighter. You'll feel more buoyant, more optimistic, uh, more confident, and that's how you know that this bath has worked. Once you've done that, you're going to start your crown of success spell kit that you've purchased from Lucky Mojo. Now, what I want you to do is, in addition to getting that spell kit, to order a master root, a nice big piece of master root. You can order it um, along with some Hoyt's cologne. You're going to complete the crown of success spell kit on some type of surface upon which you have your master root. This can be a bureau, a table, anything that you are then going to dedicate going forward to this type of work. 
You're going to keep the master root on that surface. You can place it on a, a plate. And when you're not, because the spell kit involves a mojo bag and keeping that mojo bag, when you're not using or keeping the mojo bag, you're going to place that mojo bag on the same surface, leaning it up against the master root. So the two are linked together spiritually. Once a week, you are going to feed both of them some Hoitz cologne. You're going to sprinkle a little bit of Hoitz cologne on the master root, and you're going to uh, dab a little bit of the Hoitz cologne onto your mojo bag. This is feeding both the master root and the mojo bag. And as you do this, you will say, I have fed you. I have given to you. Now you must give to me. Bring to me the success that I desire, mastery over all aspects of my life. And you're going to do this once a week, feeding it. What this does is it builds a strong relationship. The master root will help to ground the work, bring mastery and stability into your life, while the crown of success, the mojo bag that will result from the spell kit, is something that you will carry with you and bring you success with every step that you take. You can also use the crown of success oil that, you'll, that comes with it, dab a little bit on yourself, dab a little bit on the master root, and dab a little bit on the mojo bag. This is what I would recommend for you. It's a simple working, but I think it's one that will serve you well. Start by clearing away the negativity, work that uh, spell kit along with the master root, and then keep the power going with Hoyt's cologne and some crown of success oil. And I sense that you will have the success that you desire. I think the reading that you got from Miss Alvira indicates as such. And so you can put your worries, anxieties, and fears to rest. That's what I have for you. Let's see if Miss Elvira and Miss Cat have any adjustments or additions based off of their readings. Well, I I do have I do have one thing to say. That's a that's a very good add-on, very useful. There is a forum thread at the Lucky Mojo forum, which is forum.luckymojo.com. You'll have to look for the thread called "Does Magic Backfire or Blow Back." I'd like you to read that thread. Um, and you'll be reassured. Lots of people have had the same question you've had, and over the years they've they've learned that um, it it is not so much that magic is to be punished, but that people are taught that magic is inherently evil, and therefore they fear punishment, and then they sometimes yeah. draw negativity yeah. to themselves. Okay, that's what I see. Um, how about you, Elvira? Have anything to add? No, I think this is incredibly comprehensive, and the information uh, will benefit her very much on both whatever reading and, and spell work additions, but also your informative information. So I'm fine. Yeah, and I um, now Shiva posted the link to that um, to that uh, forum thread. Um, another thing that I would recommend is that you wear Crown of Success oil in your hair if you can. Just a, just a dab, just a little bit, because it's called Crown of Success. It's very common to when you go someplace where you're going to be showing off your stuff or talking to people about distribution or whatever, you know, uh, showcasing your work, that you put a little bit of um, Crown of Success on your hair. Okay. Well, there's our music. I wish you all the luck in the world, and I wish you all the success in the world, and I hope things go very well for you in your music career. Okay, um, now we have um, the next segment of our reality. <laughs> so, for this programming is provided by in Forest, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And it's 
of independent readers and workers air a directory of ethical and authentic Tantra practitioners online at readersandrootworkers.org and by the Christian Silence League, a free online prayer service, the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is uh, the first-time caller calling in from area code 818 in Indiana. This is uh, Sumaya. Sumaya, are you there? Mm-mm. Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to your leader's grade. Uh, by the way, I'm not so much fluent in English. Uh, so kindly bear with me because I can't speak English okay. so fluently like you guys. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we can do a, a reading and uh, just proceed, I guess. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, let me go ahead and get the information. We'll proceed further. Okay. Um, now, uh, I see that I've gone to psychics for the situation, um, but there have been uh, phone psychics. Seventy percent of them gave the similar answer, while 30 gave different. Um, but they write, uh, we are staying separately since over five months. She is willing to reconcile, but under certain terms, which are equal to me, and hence the separation. For them, in her head, got a 10-month-old baby who currently stays with her. I wanted to see if there is doing root work to get my wife back without uh, bending my ethics and values before her condition. Turn back to you, Ms. Kat. Okay. Well, I'm going to just briefly say, we if you read the chat log, and if you have difficulty following in English, and we'll try to speak simply, but you can also read the chat log, and we will put notes in there, and you can use Google uh, Translate to translate um, what we say. So that's just one of the No, no, I can understand. No, no, I can oh, understand. Oh, you can understand. If, if you, but, yeah, yeah, I can understand. Okay, well, you sound you, – okay, great. You, your English is better than my whatever it is you speak, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. We, okay, so let's, let's turn this over to um, Ali for a reading. Yeah, I'm happy to do a reading for you. Just a couple of uh, clarifying questions. Uh, first, how long have you been separated? Uh, from January past 2019. From January, Okay. And she's willing to reconcile, but there are certain conditions. What are, if you could just briefly mention, what are her conditions for reconciling? Uh, she, uh, she wants me to stay away from my family and uh, just to go and stay with her. And she wants to stay at a place that is most nearer to her father's place so that her family can visit her so often. But uh, she doesn't let uh, my parents to see my child. You know, yeah. The, like, yeah, yeah. So she's putting very illogical conditions for me, which, which are not accept- acceptable to me. Yeah, the reason I asked this question is because the very first card I had indicated um, a social component to, to this, uh, and that is the Five of Swords. The Five of Swords shows us uh, a man who is looking on as two people, a man and a woman, another man and a woman, 
uh, are unarmed, disarmed, and are mourning and crying. The woman is crying by the water, and the man is walking over. And the guy that is in the forefront, who is holding three swords, has disarmed everyone involved. In other words, that there is outside social pressures involved. And I think this plays to the role of families. Um, and some people may not quite understand this, but uh, marriage isn't always uh, just an individual uh, binding of two people, but in some cultures involves the binding of two families together, and that can bring all sorts of complications uh, in, to the forefront, particularly if the families mm-hmm. don't get along, the questions of power dynamics, who's in charge, who's not in charge, access to ch- grandchildren, access to in-laws, etc. These all play a big factor here. The Five of Swords shows that the sort of social situation around the relationship is in dire straits. It's tumultuous. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of arguing. There's a lot of tension here. So the in order to address the situation, you're going to have to address it not just by uh, working on your wife for reconciliation, but working on family members as well. This is about healing a group rather than one individual, and that is going to be at the core of what you're going to have to deal with. Now, here's the question. Will it be enough? Will you be able to reconcile? Well, the next card that we have, and that's what speaks to the current president, that is the seven of pentacles. The seven of, seven of pentacles shows us a man stealing away five swords from a camp, looking oh, back seven at the left. Seven of Swords. What did I say? Did I say something else? You said Pentacles. Seven of Swords. Oh, I'm sorry. Got Seven it. of Swords. Yes. Seven of Swords shows an individual walking with five swords, leaving two behind in an encampment. And what this speaks to is there is a dishonesty in, in this situation, a serious dishonesty. Uh, people being not honest with each other, people not being honest about what their circumstances really are, what their expectations really are, what their chances really are, and even the framework of this this matter is not entirely not all has been revealed and there are more factors uh, at play here than than we've discussed so far so bear that in mind because that means um, going forward you're going to need to address this by uh, developing a, a radical honesty with yourself honesty with the situation and trying to figure out is it even possible for you to reconcile the final card that I have leaves things a little bit up in the air and that is the two of swords the two of swords shows us a woman with her eyes blindfolded she's got two swords crossed over her chest behind her is a barren barren landscape with a uh, a, a moon up in the sky what this indicates here is that you are at a crossroads. You can move this situation forward and affect some reconciliation. However, it will require sacrifice on your part. You will not be able to get reconciliation clean, by which I mean you will not get everything that you desire. You will need to sacrifice some components of what your expectations are, what you desire, if you want this woman back. If that's, if that's what you truly want, then you will need to recognize it. It's going to be tough. On the other hand, if you feel the sacrifice is too big, that the sacrifice is too harsh, that it compromises values and ethics, 
then you need to recognize that it's time to move on. So this is what the Two of Swords tells us, meaning that the pa there are two paths forward, one where you reconcile and one where you don't, and both of these are possible. You can get this woman back, but it will require sacrifice. Or, if you're unwilling to make the sacrifice, then you will need to move on. The Two of Swords is not one of promise. It's not a card of a future that is bright and wonderful and all things will go well, but rather a card that says all possibilities are possible, they're within reach, but that they will require some difficulty. Know that she herself is under a great deal of undue influence. She is blindfolded and doesn't see quite clearly. You will need to be able to see more clearly than she does and make some difficult choices ahead. All the cards that I have pulled are sword cards. These are not cards that indicate a happy, easy transition, but rather one that will require struggle, one that will require uh, honesty, and one that requires real, true, transparent communication. That is really the only way forward. I mean, honest communication with yourself, honest communication with your partner, and that's really kind of the only path forward. I'm, unfortunately, I wish I could give you better news, but the sword cards do indicate that the path ahead is not an easy one. All hope is not lost, but some radical change is needed. And that's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Miss Elvira, who will give you your next reading. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I started pulling cards at the very end of your um, descriptions, uh, Ali, and they are very difficult. I've got the hanged man, which is a person mm. tied and bound upside down, which means you are you are tied to this person, you are tied not only because you have a child, but you are tied on a, um, another level. And the high priestess tells me a spirit level. So there is something beyond the physical that is keeping you here, beyond the actual emotional tie of what you have. And I feel that um, there is a need to look beyond what is there. So the decisions of what uh, Countryman Ali is talking about is also something beyond the actual physical work of getting back to this person and having a, a family unit. Um, I do see with the, the king and queen of wands and the seven of wands that her father and mother are very, very deceptive in working with um, undercutting everything that is possible around the family relationship between you and your wife. And then the final card I have is the Ten of Swords, which unfortunately is not a good card. It can be if you look at it as it is an ending to a situation with a, a renewal of something else and the use of wisdom with the little owl that is on the uh, branch. And the, the Nine of Cups is that which you wish for is not really as possible at this point as you could make it, and, the, and magic will help. As Kondraman Ali says, it can help, but you really have to make some sacrifices, which at this point, I think the more that she demands, the more is to push you away because that's what her parents are doing. And, and you know, I, I kind of read a little bit of the blurb here about getting in her head um, in terms of that. So there's that dynamic is really there. So... For me, if you were my client, I would probably say there's some things that you would need to do on a spiritual level that might work first and then try to work with 
getting back together, but unfortunately I'm feeling um, less hopeful before I started my spread because the Ten of Swords is a man with ten swords stuck in his back. Um, mm-hmm. You'll be pinned to the situation in the way she wants it, which is the way her parents want it, which is, I believe, ultimately for you to go away. Well, that's a terrible card, too. Yeah, I know. Um, it's a card of betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm I'm going to say there is more than um, one way to do magic on this, and these cards are so very negative. They don't show a lot of hope here. Now, we do magic when things are hopeless because, you know, where there's life, there's hope, and you're going to keep trying. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions before giving you root work advice. I know you have um, an accent, and I think you're a man who I met in the forum just recently who's from India. Is that true? Right. I'm sorry, say yes? Yes, yes. Yes, all right. So presumably you have a religion that's uh, an Indian religion, Hindu religion or Buddhism or something, but probably Hindu, or, or maybe you might be Muslim. I don't know. What What is your religion? No, I'm Hindu, Hindu, Hindu. You're Hindu. Okay, great. Now, what I try to do is get people to work in alliance with the god or goddess that most represents the happy family. So, again, I don't know what uh, denomination or variety or regional form of Hinduism. Some people would say, oh, Shiva and Shakti, or some might say, you know, um, uh, you know, Rama and, you know, whatever. Everybody, you know, there's all these different types of couples, if you know what I'm saying, in in mm-hmm. Hindu folk magic. But I would, first of all, bring myself into alliance with and to petition the deities that you know well who are deities of conjugal relationships and a happy marriage. I happen to know that such um, paired deities are common in some cultures and not in others. In Hindu uh, culture, no matter which regional or tribal variation, has quite a few of these. So make whatever offerings, whatever um, get whatever images that represent to you in your um, culture that happy marriage. For instance, if you were a Catholic, I would say get a holy family picture or card um, and so forth. <clears throat> anyway, the point is that um, you want to, first of all, get the blessings of deity, of divinity, of whatever is above you. Number two, I would then work on sweetening them rather than fighting them. There's a lot of gossip and a lot of lies. The sword is the tongue. It's the tongue of lies. And it means that terrible things have been said about you behind your back. Like you said, they're getting into her head. This is very bad. I would um, do some work to sweeten them. Get a little bit of sugar or honey, and um, you can put their names in, her name, everybody's names who has spoken badly of you. Write their names on pieces of paper. The plant that we use in hoodoo to have a happy, peaceful home is basil, which happens to also be used the same way in Hindu folk magic. I know this because I met some people from India, and they call it tulsi. You know the plant I'm talking about? Uh, Which one? Please call me again. T-U-L-S-I, tulsi, or basil, B-A-S-I-L. Tulsi, tulsi. Yeah, yeah, tulsi. Yeah, that is a plant for happy happy home and it's a plant that that is used that way so take 
a little bit of that basil or tulsi or whatever you want to call it and put it into the sugar or honey with their names. And after you do that, put it in a little, little jar and then take a little taste of it and say, as this honey or this sugar is sweet to me, so will, and you name them, so will Mrs. So-and-so be sweet to me, so will Mr. So-and-so be sweet to me, so will her sister, her brother, whatever name, and so will she be sweet to me, and so will everybody be sweet to me and love me and, as this sugar is sweet. And you just take a taste and you then close the jar. You can light a candle or a little oil lamp on that jar or near the jar if you want to. But the reason for doing this is to every day open it up and say your prayers and say, may they be sweet to me as this honey is sweet, and touch it to your tongue. When you talk to her, if you do, or when you text her, to put a little bit of that honey on your tongue because the swords are sharp. The words have been cutting. The words are sharp. Evil words have been spoken. And the only way to con predict those words is to show sweetness and love. Don't fight with her about how illogical it is. You first have to get your first foot in the door. Get get back to see her and, and just talk honey sweet words to her. Darling, I miss you so much. This isn't worth it. I will do anything you say, darling, anything you say. You have to go in sweet. Make friends. If you can make friends with her mother, the battle is over. The battle is won. Because a woman who keeps her child and grandchild away from a son-in-law is a frightened woman. She's afraid of losing control of her family. But if you keep on being sweet, the older she gets, the older she gets, she will become weak. And as she becomes weak, you can be there, the good son-in-law. Help her up the steps. Give her good things. Give her food when she needs it. Whatever you do, she will eventually die loving you. But you have to go for that mother-in-law. She's the problem. And it does not guarantee success. This is not guaranteed. This is a very difficult situation. But you have to start with what Ali called a sacrifice. And the sacrifice is the sacrifice of your pride, the sacrifice of your dignity. And it would be a good thing to try to sweeten them, work as, work as gently as possible, um, respectful, but first start with honey on your lips to make promises to your wife. And and I wish you good luck with this because it, it may not work, but it may. Um, do what you can only starting from, from that position. How about you, Elvira or Ali? Do you have anything to add to what I said? Ali? I don't. I really don't. You, you have nothing to add. Okay. The only thing I have to say is that um, once there is some form of reconciliation affected, if you are successful, you need to recognize that you, this is going to be ongoing work to keep mm -hmm. peace between the families and yourself. This is not a situation in which you're going to light some candles, you're going to do some work, things are going to get better, and move on. This is a situation where you're going to have to use all the resources available to you, including magical work, to maintain the harmony. So after everything's done, consider some peaceful homework and get yourself some peace water, uh, things that will kind of ameliorate the home life. Mm -hmm. And as I said again, go in promising, promise her everything so that you can get closer. Then strategize after you've gotten closer, but you have to give up your dignity and 
and promise her everything she wants and then slowly build up what you need from the situation. I wish you all the best. It's, it's a difficult situation. It may not succeed, but we, we're hoping for the best. All right. Good luck to you. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for a free spell check with Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California. Take it away, Miss Elvira. Okay, well... It's a three-parter, and it starts with getting a either a white or green flannel bag, mojo bag, or, or a little pouch, or a really pretty um, leather pouch, and putting in it some ingredients that are going to be as follows. A moonstone for blessing, tiger's eye to prevent accidents, and and this is funny that Miss Cat mentioned this, but a coin, and I wanted to do a, a Sacagawea coin. So, um, and, <laughs> and you 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 picked it up, and for me, it's kind of like the ferryman, you know, Chiron the ferryman uh, traveling, and it doesn't necessarily mean to the other world, but to any world. Um, the comfrey root, the basil, and a five-fingered grass, a pinch of that, all into this. And you basically bless it through the four elements, air, fire, water, earth, incense, candle, sprinkle a little water on it, touch it to the salt, a little bit of salt, and you wear that. You wear that, you carry that, you put it in your your bag. And then for your bags, the second part, anything that goes out of your hands, even to go through the the x-ray machines, you get a little bit of rue and a little bit of comfrey, you put it in a little bit of cloth, tie it up, and put it in, you know, part of your, your luggage so that each piece has that for protection and to keep the, the luggage from getting lost or any of that. And the third thing is if, as you are now going safely through your travel, you get to where you're at, you have already fixed this particular thing. It's a little round mirror. It could be a compact mirror. Um, and you have crushed some garlic. And fresh garlic, and you rub the juice on it on the mirror, and then you basically put this mirror in a safe pouch and put it in your uh, travel luggage, preferably one that goes with you on the plane. And when you get to where you're going, you put it under the bed so it deflects any negativity where you're sleeping, whether it's a hotel room or a family's room that you you know are staying at, and that way you've covered. What you've done is get there safely and kept things safely while you're there from harming you. That's the spell. Wow. All right. That's a that's a good. I like the fact that it's in three parts. Um, so I'm going to ask a question because I, sure. I I was a little slow in my typing. Leather pouch, 
It was comfrey and rue and a Sacagawea coin. It was blessed to the four elements, salt, fire, and water, oh, and uh, so forth. Salt, fire, water, and the earth is, well, the earth is salt, the uh, fire is the candle, the air is the incense, ah. and the water. Ah. Is the other oh, element. okay, got it. Okay. And I think I said moonstone, tiger's eye, comfrey, basil, and five finger grass. Got oh, it was five finger grass. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm a bit behind here, so so forth. Okay, so that's a really good spell, and the fact that it's in three parts, it keeps your luggage from getting lost. It keeps you from being messed up. Um, I like it. <laughs> It comes really from cool. having done so much traveling recently that, you know, when I go and I come, I look at this and I go, oh, my gosh, you know, all these different things happen. And to mention some of the things that happened to some people that were coming to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, the last one that you were um, hostessing, um, yeah. people got stuck and things happened. And, and I, I kind of – that was part of why this came to mind was because – the different things that we do now are different components of traveling, and obviously, even if you were like sending things, uh, packages, like, you know, I will send things to my daughter's place and then send them back because that way I don't have to carry a bunch of things that I want to do or things that are, are you know, for that particular time, and I'll do the same thing. I'll put the rue and the comfrey in it so everything gets there safely and timely. Yeah, I got to tell you a little variation. Oh, I'm gonna, I was going to jump in with a little variation on that mirror thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was young, people would send you know money through the mail, and uh, you didn't want it stolen. And um, one old guy told me, just wrap it in aluminum foil. It's like a mirror, and they won't be able to see the money. I don't know whether he meant that it would be like through X-rays or that spiritually. The, it's protected by the aluminum foil. So I, I love that, that idea. Of if you're going to send something by mail, just wrap it in aluminum foil. What were you, you going to say, Ollie? You know, I knew someone who wrapped their money in aluminum foil also. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. I wonder, I wonder now if it is a spiritual thing. Hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Um, well, in when I, I took that so seriously that when I put online about uh, people wanting to take my course, I said, if you want to send me $104 in $1 bills, you can wrap it in aluminum foil. But it is to protect it. It is to protect it. It's like putting it in a, you know, kind of a mirror box. Yeah. So I like yeah. the garlic. I like the garlic on the mirror under the bed because that's kind of a portable thing, and it's, it's really uh, useful to keep you uh, safe. I would want add one other thing, which is Psalms 91. Um, that is yeah. that is often used for protection and um, for, at night while sleeping. So sometimes um, people will use Psalms 91 um, under the bed or in the nightstand. Um, if you go to a hotel, and I have stayed in hotels, and if it is one of those hotels that has the Gideon Bible, the free Bible, just open it up to Psalms 91. Put it under the bed. Open to Psalms 91. You didn't even have to bring a Bible with you. They have them in the hotel. <laughs> that is good. That is really yeah. good. I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I I hope that we've um, enlightened 
um, people as far as how to have safe travel. It's a it's a topic that means a lot to me. I'm going to throw in another one that I didn't have time to say during the panel discussion, which is I was talking about the eye, the painting of the eyes on the boats, and Sicilian fishermen paint eyes on their boats and so forth. I did not mention. I mean, I said that the car face looks like an eye, like a like two eyes at a mouth. The grill looks like a mouth. Um, but it's a good thing to do. You can take um, safe travel oil and um, and put it on the around the rim of the headlights. But on the rim of the taillights, you're going to put law keep away. You don't want them fo- if they follow you. You want them to just pass on around you and get in the other lane and go past you. So law keep away oil around the rim of the taillights. Safe travel oil around the rim of the headlights. That's dressing your car for safe travel. Well, and definitely you want it for safe travel, especially and law keep away, because of the number of of consistent accidents that we've been experiencing out there on the highway. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. All right. Well, there's our music. Thank you so much, Elvira. We're gonna let Papa Newt come on and give our announcements, and then we're all gonna come back after he's done and say goodbye. So take it away, Papa Newt. Thank you, Ms. Kat and Conjali, and thank you, Ms. Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when, we'll, when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be William Stickevers of WilliamStickevers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada, bringing us the topic on the summer solstice. Once again, we've come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rework Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Mass Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from papanewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the band playing the jug and waltz. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt. Thank you again, Elvira, for being our You're guest. Welcome. And thank you, um, Contraband Ali, for holding down the fort, as always. And I want to thank our callers um, and thank everybody who was in the uh, non-existent chat room, at least listening to the comments section, until Blog Talk gets their chat log together or we find a new provider. That's what we got. But um, we're soldiering on the comments will be turned into a chat log and posted at the forum. That's right. And uh, that will probably take place later this evening, as always. If you are unfamiliar with the forum and why we keep on talking about mentioning the forum, it's free. Just go to forum.luckymojo.com, log in, sign up. If you have any trouble signing up, go to Nagashiva Ironwood on Facebook, friend him, he'll friend you, ask him to get you into the forum. And the forum is a place where we have about, um, oh, I don't know, probably about 15, 16, 17,000 members. Not all of them active every day, but we have over 60 posts per day on the subject of hoodoo, spellcasting, and general folk magic. Good night. Good night. Good night, all. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.